Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. After the appeals court panel ruled today in a really spectacular decision, which follows the rule of law and precedent in the Constitution and due process, um, throwing out the uh, the the prosecution of General Flynn, which both parties had agreed to anyway. Uh, I got a text a few hours after, from General Flynn, who I consider a great patriot and hero. And he said, Mark, would you mind if I come on the show and thank your audience for the support you all have given to the general? I said, absolutely. And it is a great honor to have Lieutenant General retired, Michael Flynn, with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us how you feel, number one. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I feel I, I feel absolutely, uh, you know, we're, my family and I are so happy about this decision. We, we knew what the truth was from the get-go, and we just needed to have the right formation around us to get to the truth. So we feel very, we're elated. We're, you know, all the kinds of words that you can imagine feeling on a, on a day like today, we still have to you know, wait on Judge Sullivan to, to sign off on the dismissal, of course, from from the, uh, the the filing of or the motion from the court today, from the appeals court today. But we feel very good about everything and, and where things are at, uh, where they have ended up. And this is sort of the end of phase one for for what it is that we have uh, faced over the last almost four years now. What did you want to thank the audience for, the Levinites well, out there? Yeah, uh, so I will tell you, Mark, and I want to thank you. I want to first say to your listeners and to you personally uh, that you have been 100% right from the very beginning. 
I mean, I will say that, and I've been deeply, deeply involved in this. I am a, I'm a student of information anyways in my background and everything. And, and of course, I've been right in the middle of this thing, hmm. uh, literally in a knife fight. And so I would just say that you have been right from the very beginning. Your, what you have asked your audience to do and how your audience has responded to helping my family get through this is unimaginable and I don't know if I don't know if it's if you can even imagine how gracious how generous your audience has been to the Flynn family to help us get through this there there was a moment in time that during this uh during this this you know trial period that we've been through for almost 4 years where we were really on the ropes and and I don't recall exactly why I just know that you spoke up and you said this general this this soldier needs our help and your audience stepped up in such a big way and it got us to another level where we could continue our fight and mm -hmm. and you did that time and again and here we are today so i want to thank your audience for for their generosity their cards their letters their notes that uh that they sent to us uh in the mail and on and through through our legal defense fund and and just the, the the outpouring of love, the outpouring of appreciation, and I think what they understood was that the tragedy or the travesty of what we have faced. So, all that said, I just wanted to say thank you very very much from the bottom of the of my heart, from the bottom of the Flynn family's heart. We uh, we could not thank you enough. Well, it's our honor. All these decades, where you have defended this country in ways we know and ways we don't know. Mm -hmm. And I knew what was done to you was very, very bad. And I absolutely yeah. objected to what the administration actually said about you on the way out the door, you may recall. I said, no, yeah, I do. no, th That's this right. isn't right. Something's not right here. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I am hell-bent on getting to the truth. The prior administration, and you don't need to comment on this, General, until you're totally out of the clear here, yeah. is enormously corrupt. And now we have information released. Why it takes so damn long, I'll never know. But now we have additional information released. And you're probably not shocked to know that Barack Obama really didn't like you. <laughs> and that uh, he wanted, quote, make sure you look at things and have the right people on it. He's talking about you. Right. And it was the vice right. president of the United States who denied any personal involvement in this investigation who suggested, according to Peter Strzok's notes, use as a pretext the Logan Act. And so this was hatched, in my opinion, and I've always said this, in the Oval Office of the White House. And not to upset anybody out there, look how little attention it gets on NBC and ABC and CBS and CNN and MSNBC. It is shocking to me, General. When yeah. you look at what the FBI did to the president, when you look what happened with the FISA court, when you look at the criminalization of the so-called Russia collusion, when all these people knew there wasn't Russia collusion, your calls with Kislyak were, were, were nothing. They were, they, right. they, 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 they were pro forma, and they knew it. Yeah. One, one thing, Mark, that I would tell your audience and tell you, and you know this, you've written a lot about this, and, I, you know, when you're when you're a young officer in the military and you deploy, uh, you know, in some of these uh, combat operations that I've been on around the world, you, you fight for your for a variety of reasons. You know that your buddy on your left and your buddy on your right. As I 
became more uh, senior, I guess, and I continued to deploy around the world to, to defend the, the, the liberties that we have and the ability to breathe this, this fresh air of liberty, one of the things that I began to see was the, the rule of law that we have in this country, and that is a big reason why we fight. That's a big reason why we fight for, for what we have in this country is because we are different. We're supposed to be different than all other countries in the world because of that thing we call the rule of law. And the rule of law is something that we should cherish. And for me, I, I saw and we are seeing a, a, a bit of a breakdown in that rule of law by, by a certain you know, cadre of people, let's say. But my, my bigger point is that if today's decision should give us anything, it should give us a sense that there is a, an attempt, as much as it can be made, to return to a rule of law that the American people can have confidence in. That's what we want. That's what I, I know I fought for now. When I look back and all the reasons why I fought, and there were many, uh, for my family, for my honor, for our country, one of the major reasons was for the rule of law, because that's what makes us different. And when that is damaged, when that is at risk, we lose, and our country loses. And I believe it was at risk, and I believe that now, from what we are seeing, uh, this attorney general is, is making the effort to, to re, sort of return that confidence back to the, to the country, to the American people. And, uh, and I, I feel good about that. That's what makes me feel good today. And now he's under attack. Uh, he, he took the counsel of one U.S. attorney in particular, but others as well. The U.S. attorney in uh, Missouri. I believe his name is Jenkins, the Washington, D.C. acting U.S. attorney. He had everybody look at it. Um, you were fortunate to have a, a, a terrific lawyer in Sidney Powell. So things lined up okay. But, you know, sometimes for other people, they don't line up the right way. I mean, honestly, if we didn't have this attorney general and we didn't have people who are committed, regardless of the attacks from the media and the Democrat Party and all the hearings they're going to want, if we didn't have people of strength and morality and ethics who really are people of the law, this wouldn't happen. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I call Sydney, and I know, I know you've spoken with her, and I think you're speaking with her maybe later tonight. Yeah. But I call her the America's guardian angel of justice. Sydney Powell is America's guardian angel of justice. Her, her, her books, you know, The uh, License to Lie and Conviction Machine, she describes in there exactly what you just said about the people that are that are in prison in many cases that never committed any crimes at all, mm-hmm. because that's that's the our, that's the way our system has become. We we have to fix that. We we have to correct that. And I'm I am lucky. I'm lucky be on a for a variety of reasons. My faith. We've kept our faith. My family, especially my wife Lori, who's got enormous courage. She's, She's been with me since we were 13 years old. And, and then friends, Mark, true friends. I consider your audience a friend of the Flynn family or mm-hmm. friends of the Flynn family because your audience and you personally stuck up for us when nobody else wanted to do that. To include people who I had in my life over, a, over my military career that just sort of backed away and said, ooh, I don't know if I want to be uh, – associated anymore because you know maybe there's something wrong here i mean come on you if they don't know mike flynn by now mm-hmm. you know so whatever i mean I, like i said you know my 
you know, not to get into the, the, the military side, but I spent years, years away from my family to do things for this country and for other people and for, and for many reasons sometimes that you don't even totally understand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so anyway, I'm, I'm glad to be where I'm at today. I wanted to say thank you to you, and I wanted to say thank you to your audience. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, and pray that America is able to get through this next crucible that we're facing. But, um, and we will. We will as long as the American people step up to the plate. General, you give us great hope. If you can go through this, then we can fight for this country too right up into and through November. What's going on in this country is really, uh, really a damn shame. But my best to you, my best to your family. We'll see what this judge finally winds up doing. But I think you're in the clear now from, from what should never happen to you, a great hero and patriot, or any American for that matter. You were set up. You were set up by the prior administration. Uh, exculpatory information was withheld from the court. Uh, I can go on and on, and I will, uh, but not right here. So uh, God bless you, my friend. Have a Diet Coke on me. (laughs) God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you, Mark. All right, General, you too. What a magnificent man. And listen to him. Listen how positive he is after going through that hell. They broke him financially. He lost his house, but he never gave up. And that's the story for us going through the next few months into this election. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. What a magnificent man, General Flynn. And you heard how positive he is. we got to fight too, folks. Yesterday I explained in great detail, and even before that, late last week, this election is not about just Trump versus Biden, although that's important enough. A Republican versus Democrat, that's important enough. This election's about you. Do you want to retain your liberty? Do you want to retain your property rights? Do you want to retain a safe community? Do you want America's history retained? The good, the bad, and the ugly. You see the people in the streets. Still rioting. It's a mob. You have to stand up for yourselves. This is about you. This is about your way of life, as I've been explaining. As I said the other day, it's liberty versus tyranny. The name of my book, Liberty and Tyranny. That's what you're up against. 
And I'm looking at these polls now, the New York Times and CNN. Now, I admit they're surveying registered voters, and that's the least accurate way to do it. You're supposed to get closer to likely voters. But you still have to assume we're behind. Well, the polls were long last time. I don't care about last time. They didn't expect Trump to do what he did. They didn't, they didn't expect him to do well in Wisconsin and Michigan and some of these other states. Okay, they're on to this now. So from a strategic point of view, such as a strategic point of view, uh, when it comes to a military operation or political operation, you have to know, you know how to move. You have to be flexible. And what I'm telling you is this. You need to tell your family members and your friends and your neighbors particularly in the suburbs, shockingly enough, women. I just looked at this poll. White women who've gone to college. You need to explain to them. This is, not, this is reality. This could consume the whole country, including their nice neighborhoods. Tyranny spreads that way. So far, all the tyranny we've seen have been in cities run by Democrats in blue areas. So far, that's all you've seen. But when you consider the proposals that are coming out, coming out of the Democrats, they're as radical as hell. Bernie Sanders effectively won the primary in the Democrat Party. The person who's going to be the nominee is Biden, but he's running on Bernie Sanders' agenda. You heard the co-founder of Black Lives Matter not only say she's a trained Marxist, But you heard her say she wants Trump out. He should resign, but otherwise she's going to fight to defeat him. And that means they're all voting for for Biden. So these people in these suburbs, if they're voting for Biden, and, and, and not just the suburbs, if they're voting for Biden, they're voting with all these radicals. They're throwing in with the radicals. You know, we need a change. I don't like his attitude. I don't like this. I don't like that. Trust me, you're not going to like what comes. And the thing is, with the Marxist left, the Democrats, and that's what they are now. You can't go back. In other words, once they've stolen some of your liberty, you never get it back. It's gone. So it's not a matter of trying something. It's a matter of losing something. This election, like no other election in my lifetime and the vast majority of your lifetimes, is about you. This is what I keep saying now, yesterday, last week. This election is about you. It's about your country. It's not about some little policy issue. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. Sidney Powell, lawyer for uh, Lieutenant General Flynn, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm great, Mark. How are you? I'm okay. Now, Judge Sullivan pretty much just now issued an order. What did he do? He just stayed the briefing deadlines and the hearing schedule for July 16, when the best thing to have done, according to the mandate of the D.C. Circuit, would have been to go ahead and enter the order dismissing the case. Well, for the audience, I want to explain a few things. I read the... uh obviously, the, uh, the panel, the circuit court's decision, the panel. And one of the things that the, uh, the author of the opinion raised was the hearing. And the author, the judge, the circuit judge writing about it said, the hearing, in part, underscores why this needs to be dismissed, because it's not an evidentiary hearing of any kind. It's not a hearing on the law. It's a hearing that is questioning the decision of prosecutors which, he, which, which the court said is absolutely inappropriate. So the hearing exactly. itself was raised by the court. Oh, yes. Yes, it was, and, and rightly so, because from the time Judge Sullivan appointed his friend of the court, Mr. Gleason, to appear in the case, he was outside all bounds of his jurisdiction and authority as a federal judge. Mm-hmm. So he's staying it, which means he's thinking about it. He's thinking about something. I'm not sure what. <laughs> well, I mean, do you think he would defy the the intention of the court? I mean, they issued a mandamus order. I know, and I've never seen a federal district judge. I've gotten probably 20 writs of mandamus in my career. In fact, I mandamused one judge 12 times. <clears throat> and a mandamus is a, an order that is directing a public official to act or not to act. Exactly. Yes, it's a and very he, and he was directed by the circuit court to act to drop the case. Yes, and every case in the country supports that ruling. The cases that the dissenting judge relied on are completely inapposite. One is even a civil case, not a Rule Forty Eight A dismissal by the government at all. One is a, a ridiculous case out of the Virgin Islands that was remanded for a hearing on a sexual assault charge only because of very unusual circumstances and the fact that the prosecutor had only said, uh, I want to dismiss it in the interest of justice. Here, the Department of Justice filed a 100-and-something page decision, a memorandum with exhibits of exculpatory evidence. And of course, we just had more exculpatory evidence produced by the government late yesterday that we filed today revealing that President Obama and Mr. Biden, Vice President Biden, had talked about the Flynn case, uh, particularly around uh, January 4th or 5th, and their notes of it from Peter Strzok. Which is, which is, listen, 
it's shocking in the sense that now we see it in print. But I have to tell you, back in March of 2017, I, I, I pointed out on this show, then on Fox and Friends Sunday with Pete Hegseth, then the next day with Hannity, Obama had to know. He had to know. Listen, I'm telling you this as a former Reagan official at a relatively senior right. level. A president of the United States is briefed on very significant cases that might affect elections, that might affect the press, that might affect whatever. Everybody's not saying, let's keep it away from Obama. And now we know it wasn't just that Obama knew. As you point out, these notes show Obama spoke. He wanted to make sure the right people were on the case. Isn't that what he says? Yes, that's exactly what he said, to uh, look into it and make sure the right people were on the case. Quote, make sure you look at things and have the right people on it. And the Logan Act idea was whose? It looks like it was Mr. Biden's. Which was a total pretext to to start another investigation. And remarkably, it was Comey who said the calls between Finn and Kislyak appear to be okay. Exactly, and they also had the transcripts of his calls with all the other countries. That was noted at the top. Mm-hmm. So they all knew everything. They knew they had absolutely nothing to proceed against him on or with, and they did it anyway. And they made it up. They, they made up the supposed false statements, whether it be on the Turkey issue or the uh, Kislyak calls. They literally made them up. You know what's amazing about this is we're supposed to have a free press, and none of this has come as a result of a free press. All of it has come as a result of bare-knuckle litigation, bare-knuckle conduct uh, or activity by the likes of Nunes and others, bare-knuckle activity where it's had to be, it's like pulling teeth to get the information out. I would have thought Judge Sullivan, as he did in the Stevens case, would have said, I want to get to the bottom of this. I want to know exactly what took, but he didn't. And now I think I know why. And you don't need to comment on this. You're still a, a lawyer in his court, which is, I think he at least had an inkling that it could hurt or harm the Obama administration. And so let's just move Flynn away and send him off. That's my opinion. doesn't have to be yours. Um, so what happens now? You've got to wait to find out what the judge is actually going to do, right? Yes, we have to wait on, on that or the circuit court to take any other action that it might take in light of what just happened. And uh, about Judge Sullivan, you know, he was the judicial hero of my book, Licensed to Lie. I've been bragging on Judge Sullivan since 2013 because he was willing to hold the government accountable. He was one of the few people that were. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just have been flabbergasted and and heartbroken that he didn't take the issues seriously in this case. Well, he did worse. Yeah, he had even said he would never sentence an innocent man. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I was sure General Flynn would never go to prison because Judge Sullivan had said he would never sentence an innocent man. Well, let me tell you a secret. We have one, and he's done everything possible to try to send him away. But he's not going to, no matter what Sullivan does. General Flynn is never going to prison. No, he's not. There's no conceivable path for that. On our side, the truth is coming out, and all the law is on our side. There is not a single case that supports doing anything but granting this motion to dismiss. Not one. Have you ever seen a fight like this between a trial judge and an appellate court? Absolutely not. Every time I've gotten a mandamus throughout my career, the judge, the district judge, has acted on it instantly. Mm -hmm. It's really. It's really quite shocking. I thought maybe he'd pull back this time, but, but no. And I'll tell you what, just marks 
two cents worth. You know what you're doing. If he goes ahead with the hearing, I would immediately go to the circuit court because that circuit court opinion underscores the hearing is a problem. Oh, exactly. I mean, he is ordered in this decision very clearly to grant the motion to dismiss. It could not be more clear. And the court vacated the order appointing the amicus, and yet the amicus filed something today saying, well, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. It's It's absolutely stunning. And this amicus... amicus is a former federal judge who's supposed to know what a mandamus is. And you know, it's interesting about that former federal judge, Gleason. He filed his papers with his friend, Sullivan, hoping that when he filed it in the district court, it might influence the circuit court. That was the timing of his filing. Right. And, and it did the opposite. It influenced that circuit court, but that judge took notice and said, wait a minute. Again, they're not, this amicus isn't here about fine points of law or anything of the sort, a separation of powers. He is an advocate, and he's advocating that, in effect, he become, or the judge become, a special prosecutor of sorts. Exactly. All right. Well, Sydney, I know you're in great demand, and you should be. And I wish you all the best. Keep thank it up. Thank you so much, Mark. And thank all your supporters and you for all you've done to help the whole cause for General Flynn, from financial contributions to moral support and notes and cards and prayers. We have felt every bit of it, and we really appreciate it. It's our honor. I can speak for the Levinites out there who are all patriots. And if we have to step up again, we will. You take care of yourself. All right. Sidney Powell, fantastic lawyer. Wouldn't you want her in your court? Yeah, I think so. Now let's get into this, these FBI notes, because as they point out, Sean Davis and Molly Hemingway at the Federalist, explosive new FBI notes confirm Obama-directed anti-Flynn operation. This is a big deal. Now, it's not a big deal to the media, because the media hate Trump and they love Obama. We know all this. Newly released notes confirm President Barack Obama's key role in surveillance and leak operation against Michael Flynn, the incoming Trump administration national security advisor. The handwritten notes, which were first disclosed in a federal court filing made by the Department of Justice on Tuesday, show President Obama himself personally directed former FBI Director James Comey and former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates to investigate Flynn for having routine phone calls with a Russia counterpart. He also suggests they withhold information from President Trump and his key national security figures. The handwritten notes from fired former FBI agent Peter Stroke appear to describe a January 5, 2017 Oval Office meeting between Obama, Biden, Comey, Yates, then National Security Advisor Susan Rice. The meeting and its substance were confirmed in a bizarre Inauguration Day email Rice wrote to herself. It was at this meeting, which was confirmed by testimony from Comey and Yates, that Obama gave guidance to key officials who would be tasked with protecting his administration's utilization of secretly funded uh, Clinton campaign research, which alleged Trump was involved in a treasonous plot to clue with Russia from being discovered or stopped by the incoming administration. And it goes on. The new notes which record Comey's accounting to Stroke of the meeting substance. This is, so in other words, Comey to Stroke. Comey who hated Trump, who hated Flynn. So you have to assume these are accurate, right? What do you mean, Mark? Well, it, he would put Flynn, excuse me, he would put Obama and Biden in the best light, right? 
And so this is the best light they can be put in, and the best light is damning. The new notes which record Comey's accounting to stroke of the meeting substance constitute definitive evidence that Obama himself, March 2, 2017, March 5, 2017, March 6, 2017, Mark and his ensemble of Mark and Mark, as I joke with Hannity, we had it all figured out. Obama himself was personally directing significant aspects of a criminal investigation into his political enemy's top foreign policy advisor. Now, let me ask you something. If he was doing this with Flynn, you think Obama was Helen Keller when it came to Trump? Of course not. And I think this is one of the reasons the media will not cover this. The Praetorian Guard, they're protecting Obama, they're protecting Biden, they want Biden in and they want Trump out. It's just like Black Lives Matter, the co-founder, a Marxist self-described, who said, we want Trump out. We want him to resign now. That's, that's the bottom line. And all the women in the suburbs say, yeah, we agree. We're going to vote for Biden. An image of the notes was produced. The rough transcript. Flynn cuts are played. Uh, Deputy Attorney General, NSA, and so other countries with Flynn talking to them. Now remember, he's the incoming NSA, uh, National Security Advisor. Vice President, they get the Kislyak. Logan Act, President, these are unusual times. Vice President, I've been on the Intel Committee for 10 years, and I never, President, make sure you look at things and have the right people on it. President, is there anything I shouldn't be telling the transition team? And then we have Comey, Flynn, Kislyak calls, but appear legit. So you have Biden, who, who recommends the pretext of the Logan Act to start a new investigation, which is exactly what they did. And he's bragging about his 10 years on the Intelligence Committee. You have the President of the United States, who says, make sure you look at things. In other words, investigate. And have the right people investigate. And you have, is there anything I shouldn't be telling the transition team? In other words, anything I should withhold from Trump? Wow. According to Stroke's notes, Biden explicitly referenced the Logan Act, the 18th century law that forbids certain political speech from private citizens. And yet, what did he tell George Stephanopoulos? When we come back, I will remind you, because Joe Biden is a liar. He's not just mentally incapacitated. He is a liar. He's lied about his grades in the past. He's plagiarized in the past. He's lied about his IQ. He is a pathological liar. More when I return. Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. By the way, I will be on Hannity on Fox tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And I hope you'll watch that 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I haven't been on for five weeks. Sean has asked me every week, but honestly, I've been sticking to my own work. Uh, You know, I told you, the passing of Barney sticks with me for a long time. So, uh, but I'm I'm going to... uh, to be on this program, 9.30 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I hope you'll watch. If you can't watch live, I hope you'll DVR it. And I'm pretty psyched and ready to roll. When we come back, there is a fantastic piece at Breitbart by Joshua Klein. And I'm going to assume Joshua's done his homework on this. So it's not independent reporting. I give credit where credit is due. As some people have the guts to dig into... What exactly is this BLM movement? Who exactly is behind it? What exactly is their ideology? Which is what real reporters used to do, but there aren't real reporters, except on a few websites, pretty much, and a few newspapers. And as the headline at Breitbart puts it on Joshua Klein's piece, BLM founder mentored by ex-domestic terrorists worked with Bill Ayers. I told you last week, the week before, whatever it was, several weeks ago, that this Antifa movement and this Black Lives Matter movement remind me of the Weather Underground, the Students for a Democratic Society. They remind me of these organizations, how well they were organized, how they worked through the colleges and universities, how they riled up communities, and how they were so damn violent. Well, they're back. And the Democrat Party embraces them. And I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, General Flynn is right. You are magnificent. I have a tremendous audience. Yes, you are. Now, this is at Breitbart by Joshua Klein, and it looks like he did an enormous amount of uh, investigative work here, which you will not find really in any newsroom that really wants to look into some of these organizations, whether it's Antifa, whether it's Black Lives Matter. But let me read you in part what he's written here, because it's public, it's out there. The co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, Patrice Cullors, was the protege of a communist-supporting domestic terrorist for over a decade, 
spending years training in political organizing and absorbing the radical Marxist-Leninist ideology which shaped her worldview. Eric Mann, he writes, who mentored Colors for over a decade in community organizing, was a member of the radical left militant groups Students for a Democratic Society and the Weather Underground, which bombed government buildings and police stations in the 60s and 70s. In a newly resurfaced video from 2015, which we played here. So it's newly resurfaced, thanks to Mr. Producer. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors reveals that she and her fellow BLM founders are trained Marxists, quote-unquote. In the video, she's interviewed by Jared Ball of the Real News Network and discusses the direction of the BLM movement. Quote, the first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame We played this for you. Myself and Alicia, in particular, trained organizers. We're trained Marxists. We're super-versed on sort of ideological theories, and I think that what we really tried to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. Now, in previous interviews in 2018, while promoting her then-new book titled When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter Memoir, Colors describes her introduction to an affinity for Marxist ideology. In an interview with Democracy Now!, she describes how she became a trained organizer with the Labor Community Strategy Center, calling it her, quote, first political home, unquote, and the center's director, Eric Mann, her personal mentor. She told the politic that it was there that she was trained from her youth and grew as a leader. The Labor Community Strategy Center describes its philosophy as an urban experiment utilizing grassroots organizing to focus on black and Latino communities with deep historical ties to the long history of anti-colonial, anti-imperialist, pro-communist resistance to the U.S. empire. The center teaches and studies the history of the, quote, indigenous rebellions against the initial European genocidal invasions, unquote. Quote, the great slave Haitian revolution of the 1790s and the, quote, grave slave rebellions that won the U.S. Civil War for the racist North. See, even the North is racist. The center also expresses its appreciation for the work of the U.S. Communist Party, quote, especially black communists, unquote, as well as support for the great work of the Black Panther Party, the American Indian Movement, Young Lords, Brown Berets, the great revolutionary rainbow experiments of the 70s, while flaunting its roots in the new communist movement. Speaking with the ACLU's At Liberty Weekly podcast, Colors described the center as her foundation, claiming it was there that she developed the skills which helped her found the Black Lives Matter movement after having been recruited by its director, Eric Mann. Now Mann, an avowed communist revolutionary, writes, Klein writes, was the New England coordinator for Students for a Democratic Society, SDS, in, the 19, in 1968. The following year, a more radical wing splintered from the SDS, led by Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, calling for violent, direct action over civil disobedience. The splintered faction became known as the Weather Underground, with the stated goal of overthrowing the United States government. As a result, the FBI classified the organization as a domestic terrorist group in 1969. Mann led a group of weathermen who launched their own violent, direct action at the Harvard University Center for International Affairs, in an article titled, quote, Band Invades Violently Disrupts Center for International Affairs, the Harvard Crimson reported that a band of 20 to 30 activists invaded the Center for International Affairs, roughing up several staff members and employees before fleeing. Several slogans, including pig, 
F-U-S imperialism and imperialists screw all women were sprayed on the building's walls. Rocks thrown by the group broke several windows and a telephone was damaged to prevent police from being notified. Undergraduates who saw the group leaving the building and chanting Ho, 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 Ho Chi Minh, NLF is going to win, said they recognized some of them as members of the Weathermen, a militant spinoff of the older New Left Caucus of SDS. Man was later charged with five counts of assault and battery, disturbing the peace, damaging property, defacing a building, and disturbing a public assembly for which he spent 18 months in prison. At the 2010 United States Social Forum in Detroit, under the slogan, Another World is Possible, Another U.S. is Necessary, the Labor Community Center sponsored a session titled Transformative Organizing Theory, Conscious organizers seek to build anti-racist, anti-imperial politics rooted in working-class communities of color. In it, colors rising to prominence was chosen by man to be a panelist along with him. There she spoke about growing up as in a working class. I'm quoting this. Queer, black women in a single-parent household with a father who was in and out of prison. Colors stated that positionality... Yes, positionality in this country is supposed to devastate us and had done so somewhat successfully while stressing the need to fight this thing. But Colors and Man strongly endorsed Bernie Sanders. Colors was a primary speaker at Sanders' campaign event the day before Super Tuesday, which Man attended. Colors, viewing Biden as far too moderate, pushed for the latter to end his campaign, accusing him of having an old guard mentality and coming from an old establishment. Now with Biden leading as the Democrat presidential nominee, Colors and Mann are finding a sympathetic ear for the radical agenda. As Breitbart News reported, a group of 50 leading national progressive groups representing millions of active members across the country are pressuring Biden to adopt the radical platform of the movement for black lives, which was co-written by BLM. What did I say at the beginning of the show? Biden will be the nominee, but the agenda will be Bernie Sanders. What else have I said about Bernie Sanders? He's a Marxist. Well, you can't say that. Uh, The Daily Beast won't like it, and uh, Huffington Post won't like it. Media Matters won't like it. Uh, You know, media, I, who cares? Facts are facts. Facts are facts. Now, as Breitbart News reported, the 50 uh, leading national progressive groups representing millions of active members across the country are now working on Biden as pushing his agenda and his platform. The group is calling for Biden to immediately incorporate their radical policies, including putting forward a transformative and comprehensive policing and criminal justice reform laid out by the Movement for Black Lives MF, excuse me, M4BL. Citing his moral responsibility in this moment to make amends for past harms he has caused, the groups demanded that Biden make commitments such as advance reparations and defund police, prisons and weaponry in order to fully fund health care, housing, education, and environmental justice. Quote, we ask that you revise your platform to ensure that the federal government permanently ends and ceases any further appropriation of funding to local law enforcement in any form and redirect those and additional resources towards much-needed community-led and community-controlled public safety efforts, the letter reads. Joshua Klein, Breitbart. So this is the old weather ground movement. It's a very violent movement. It's much bigger and broader than that movement in the 1960s because they're much better at marketing. They have racialized their argument, among other things. They've used the environment for their argument. 
And you have morons in the suburbs sitting there. Hey, you know what, honey? This, is, this makes a lot of sense. And after all, Trump's tweeting, and it is, he's very unpresidential. I think we should at least consider voting for Biden. That's what we're dealing with. This is a revolutionary militia. I told you several weeks ago, and of course it's out there, repeated, burped up by others, that Antifa and these other groups, I use this exact language, are the militia arm of the Democrat Party. And that's exactly what they are. And Nancy Pelosi's doing their bidding. And Chuck Schumer's doing their bidding. And Joe Biden's going to do their bidding too. And of course the media uh, are the propaganda arm of this movement. Whereas in the 1960s, the media wasn't that great, but at least they would help expose this. The media didn't believe in violence, but clearly it does today. No question about it. And so when you hear them say, can't Trump unify us? Trump unify us about what? With whom? This is a Marxist, anarchist, anti-American movement. That's why they're pulling down everything. Whether it's Lincoln, whether they're abolitionists, whether it's Jefferson or the Declaration of Independence, whether it's Washington who helped secure this nation. Then you have the New York Times out there pumping out its poison and propaganda with another radical in the 1619 Project. It's all aimed, ladies and gentlemen, at a massive propaganda effort in the media and complete indoctrination of your children and grandchildren. Because we've lost control of our schools. This is why school choice, first proposed by Milton Friedman, litigated by Landmark Legal Foundation, among other fabulous organizations, has been a primary issue with me. And so when your kids say things like, okay, well, Black Lives Matter may not be that good, but what about systemic racism? Then you know you have a problem on your hand. We are confronting a Marxist-anarchist violent movement. It honestly has nothing to do about race. But race is an issue. You have to confront it and deal with it. The good, the bad, and the ugly, of course. This isn't about the police. They view the police as the domestic army for the state. And so they hate the police and they're going to continue to attack the police. I've warned you about Bernie Sanders. You've had some populist nationalists who think it's pretty cool that we could overlap with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. That's what he is. That's what he is. Oh, I'm a uh, democratic socialist. He used to support the Soviet Union. Not anymore, of course. He used to support support, uh, the Castro. Not anymore, of course. He used to support uh, Maduro and Chavez. Not anymore, of course. Now he points to Denmark and Norway, which have nothing to do with anything. Just remember this. If it wasn't for Elizabeth Warren, it's very likely Bernie Sanders would be the nominee of the Democrat Party. Remember that. And remember, when he ran against Hillary Clinton, he got 45% of the vote in the Democrat Party primaries. 45%. And he's not even a Democrat. We're suckers. The Republican Party is not capable of dealing with this. The Republican Party doesn't believe this is really going on. The Republican Party plays defense. The once great grand Republican Party 
that was founded as the anti-slavery party. That fought the Democrats and the Confederacy. That party apparently is gone. And the only one who wants to fight is, is President Trump. And he's attacked for it by the Romneys of the world. By the Hogans of the world. He's just, you know, he's not presidential, they say. Well, he's dealing with an effort to overthrow the country. He's not presidential. No, he's more than presidential. And then he's undermined by these former generals who don't personally like him that much. Well, you know what? These former generals who have fought for this country apparently do not understand the Constitution. Apparently they don't. It's happened before. Lincoln had to get rid of seven generals before he found the general he needed and wanted. They're good generals and they're bad generals. And by the way, all these ex-generals today, none of them came out from Michael Flynn. None of them. Not one of them. I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. So remember, Joe Biden was in the meeting with the president, the vice president. Well, he was the vice president, uh, the FBI director, among others, the deputy attorney general of the United States, and Susan Rice. And he comes up with the idea to use the Logan Act as a pretext to investigate Flynn. This man wants to be your president. This will not matter to anybody who's not paying attention but it'll matter to you. So during an interview on MSNBC on May 14th with Lawrence O'Donnell, Joe Biden lied through his teeth. People forget he's a pathological liar. Cut one, go. The issue of the... uh People wanting the vice president, wanting the attorney general to resign is over the Michael Flynn case, where the attorney general is basically wanting, trying to drop the case as a federal judge, uh, questioning uh, how that case is being dropped. Uh, Mr. Vice President, what was your involvement in the investigation uh, of Michael Flynn and the FBI investigation of Michael Flynn? I was never a part or had any knowledge of any criminal investigation into Flynn while I was in office, period. Not one single time. Now, he would later say that he was aware of the investigation, but had no involvement. And yet the Logan Act is key here. 
The Logan Act is thrown around like it's a real criminal statute. Nobody uses the Logan Act because it's unconstitutional. Now, putting that aside, Biden suggested it as a pretext to go after Flynn. They wanted Flynn. And they wanted Flynn even after they would leave. By the way, am I the only one sick and tired of John Bolton's face and voice? Aren't you, Mr. Producer? I just don't give a damn what this guy has to say. Who cares? Who cares? I know the Democrats care. That's okay. They're busy following uh, Marxist anarchists. By the way, Bolton's not voting for Trump either. So he's with the Marxist anarchists. But who cares anymore? We know what's in the book. We know what's in the book. We know he exposed American national security and defense by revealing information to our enemies. We got it. So now he's out there hawking it. Let me tell you how this works. I've read he's gotten, I don't know this firsthand, a $2 million advance, right? So once he makes up that guarantee, any sale above that, he gets a percentage of the book sale. So he, this is his big payday. He sold his character, such as it was, to my grand surprise, for a few dollars. Man, oh, Manischewitz. So, ladies and gentlemen, what does this mean about Joe Biden? Does that mean that Joe Biden is just kind of a moderate? And the New York Times poll says people kind of like him. They're not all that excited about him, but they, they're not worried about him. You know, all the things they accuse Trump of, they've done, and Trump has not. Isn't that amazing? Trying to influence the justice system. Well, isn't that what Biden did? And what about Obama? Obama escapes all scrutiny. All scrutiny. He's out there fundraising and campaigning for Biden. Well, if past his prologue, Obama's the kiss of death when he endorses candidates. Remember that, Mr. Producer? They lost one legislature after another in the states, one governor after another. Oh, the great Obama's here. Oh, not so great. I'll be right back. So lately, I've been on a mission to change the way people view their finances and to encourage people to overcome obstacles and adversity. It's just more and more important to me every day. So I've teamed up with the folks at Life Surge. Life Surge is a one-day faith-based event where you'll walk in hungry for success and you'll leave ready to build your resources to leave an impact on others. We're talking faith-fueled finance, growing resources, crushing obstacles, and then, yeah, using it all for something way bigger than yourself. I'll be joining Life Surge in Cincinnati on Saturday, August 3rd. Joining me in Cincinnati is Nick Vujicic, the man with no arms or legs that speaks about his trials and triumphs. Soul surfer and author Bethany Hamilton, Duck Dynasty's Willie Robertson, and author and pastor Craig Groeschel, star of CNBC's The Prophet, Marcus Lemonis, and Bethel Music. That's Life Surge, Cincinnati, on Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets are on sale exclusively at lifesurge.com. I hope to see you there. Establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. These are unprecedented times, causing a lot of stress and financial worry. And being in debt to the IRS certainly makes matters worse. 
Thankfully, there's good news. Optima Tax Relief can help you resolve your tax debt over the phone and online. Don't go it alone. Optima's tax professionals can reduce the stress in your life by helping resolve your IRS problems from the comfort of your own home. Optima is America's most trusted tax resolution firm. They've been with us for years, and they've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients, and they can help you. Optima's award-winning team is ready to help you online and over the phone, even during these uncertain times. They will stand between you and the IRS and fight to get you the best deal possible. All it takes is one call to start the process. Optimus Tax Associates are standing by. Take the first steps towards putting your tax problems to rest. Call now for a free consultation. The number is 800-499-6300. We have posted on uh, the Mark Levin Show website... um, my discussion with General Flynn, as really it's General Flynn who wanted to talk to you, this vast audience, and he wanted to thank you. Uh, but he's, he's quite, quite the remarkable man who's been through a hell of a lot. Our internal enemies went after him. Our internal enemies. The National Guard is going to provide unarmed security for monuments in D.C., so I guess they're going to throw their bodies in front of the, uh, the, uh, the Marxists. The Weather Underground Marxists, D.C. National Guard, writes CNN, will provide unarmed guard members to assist with additional security for monuments in Washington. Uh, Now, let's see, which monuments will they not have to protect, Mr. Producer? They won't have to protect the Franklin Roosevelt Monument that sits somewhere between the Jefferson Memorial and the Lincoln Memorial. Because these are Democrats. I keep saying the same thing over and over again. These are Democrats. This is the... I'm not going to allow the the coin phrase to be ripped from me for me never to use it again. It is the militia wing of the Democrat Party. That's what it is. That's what I've said it is. Woodrow Wilson doesn't have to worry. Robert Byrd doesn't have to worry. Pelosi's father doesn't have to worry. And so forth and so on. It's just the older Democrats, part of the Confederacy. The newer ones are okay. Nobody's going to touch them. These are Bernie Sanders supporters, who the populist nationalists, unfortunately, were flirting with, playing footsie with. We can get together. No, we can't. They're the enemy. What did he say? They're the enemy. We have foreign enemies and domestic enemies. They're the enemy. The difference between the 1960s and now is they have the media on their side. They have the media on their side. This isn't really about racism. It's about overthrowing the country. And the co-founders of Black Lives Matter are avowed Marxists. And you should be very proud of your San Francisco 49ers. They are flying the Black Lives Matter flag up there with old glory. With the American flag and the flag of uh, California. These corporatists are the worst. They're the worst. These suckers in professional sports. These suckers in Hollywood. Truly. It's appalling. I don't hear them speaking out. How come the Senate Russell building is still standing? 
I'm not proposing we remove it, but there it is. There's no end to this, you know. But this election, just to underscore its import, is about you and your lifestyle and what you want for your children and grandchildren. I'm not talking about government programs and policies. I'm talking about what kind of country do you want to live in? President of the United States spoke about the Flynn case today. And he was right on. Right on. Cut to go. I'm happy about General Flynn. He was treated horribly. He was treated very, very horribly by a group of very bad people. And I think you'll see things are going to start to come out. But what happened to General Flynn should never happen again in our country. He was persecuted. And many other people were persecuted. They spied on a campaign, and they should never spy on a campaign, to put it mildly. It never happened before in the history of our country. The Obama administration spied on a campaign. This is just the first one. He's been exonerated, and uh, I want to congratulate him. He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. He had great courage, great fortitude. But they spied on a campaign. There's never been anything like that happened. If that were the other way around, people would be in jail for 50 years already. Thank you very much. He's so right. And yet, all we get is John Bolton. John Bolton, who's turned on his country, literally, by what he has done and said. Hasn't even turned on the president. He's turned on his country. This is what's so shocking and appalling. Now, this is the president yesterday. And he was right on. He was right on, even before he had the most recent information. He's talking to David Brody at CBN, who is a terrific reporter and a good guy. Cut three, go. On Obama and the spying situation, this this idea that they were spying on your campaign, you've been asked before about what crime he would have potentially committed. But I remember you talking to... Treason. Treason. That's what I was going to ask. It's treason. Look, look. When I came out a long time ago, I said, they've been spying on my campaign. Mm -hmm. I said, they've been taping, and that was in quotes, meaning a modern-day version of taping. It's all the same thing, but a modern-day version. But they've been spying on my campaign. I told you that a long time ago. Turned out I was right. Let's see what happens to them now. Uh, Durham is... I never met Durham, because I want to stay out of it, because otherwise it's going to look political. But Durham, as you know, is a highly respected person. And Bill Barr is doing a great job as attorney general. Let's see what they come up with. But they don't have to tell me. All I have to do is read the papers, the insurance policy. In case she doesn't win, we've got an insurance policy. Well, that was all the stuff that we went through over the last, let's say, two and a half years. Now we caught him. We caught him called Struck and Page, the two lovers. Uh, Brennan, and Clapper, the way they lied. Mm-hmm. He's right, and he's been right. By the way, is, is uh, Lindsey Graham going to actually... Uh, I mean, Lindsey, now you have this information on Obama and Biden. I think blaming Lindsey's probably a mistake. I think Lindsey Graham has no backup. I don't think he has any support. Maybe a few conservatives in the Senate, but overall, I don't think McConnell supports him. Or, in other words, even if he wanted to do a full-blown investigation, I think these guys are scared to death. That's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. One more. Cut four. Go. 
Democrats can't stand by me. They, they, they just they can't stand who? Bill Barr. They just think he's political. You know why? Because he's doing such a good job. Because he's law and order. But he's got them in his crosshairs. And now we have to see what's going to happen. And by them, he will- means the traitors and the saboteurs. And I hope that's true, that he has them in their crosshairs. I believe it's true. Go ahead. I'll say this, if it were reversed, and if the other side sat where at the Oval Office, right in that chair behind the Resolute Desk, and it was the opposite, two years ago, 25 people would have been convicted, and they would be sent to jail for 50 years. Anybody doubt that? Anybody doubt that? I don't. Now, I want to make another move here because there's so much to do. Ever hear of Noam Chomsky? He's one of the worst human beings to crawl out from a rock, as far as I'm concerned, into academia, where he has poisoned minds for decades. Now he's an old man. But every, in my view, genocidal terrorist operation, pretty much, He's made excuses for it. He really despises this country. That's my opinion. So he's, he's interviewed. I just want you to listen to what goes on in the media and college campuses and social media. Why we're at the point we are where people think they can loot, burn things down, make demands, and be openly Marxist. Here's Chomsky Sunday. Hat tip, right bar, cut seven, go. This sounds strong, but it's true. He is the worst criminal in human history. Undeniably. So President Trump is the worst criminal in human history. And that's what Antifa hears and Black Lives Matter hears and the Marxists hear. This is what they hear. This is what they regurgitate. Really shocking. Shocking. Worse than Mao and Stalin, Lenin, Xi, the Castros, the Islamic Nazi regime in Tehran, the inbreds in North Korea that have run that country like Stalinists. Worse than Hitler and Tojo. The worst of the worst. Trump is the worst. Are you listening to this, college-graduated white suburban women? The New York Times say are fleeing from Trump. You listening to this? You know when they're going to really be sorry, these white college-graduated suburban women, Mr. Producer? When Biden is forced because of the Sanders Marxist wing of the party to put in school busing, this is when they're suddenly going to say, oh, well, well where's Trump? We'll take the tweets. We'll, oh, where, where's Trump? Where's Trump? Yeah, well, the tweets are okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah, we, we never expected this. Joe, Joe seemed okay. He seemed so passive. He was a moderate. I, I thought it'd be okay. No, no, no. Wait, look what's happening. What's happening? Go ahead. There has never been a figure in political history who was dedicated with passion to destroying the prospects for organized human life on Earth. What an idiot. What, what, what a, a complete, unhinged buffoon. 
But keep listening. Go ahead. Near future. That is not an exaggeration. Uh, people are focused now on the protests on the pandemic. They're, they're bad enough. The pandemic is serious enough. We will emerge from it at terrible cost. The cost is greatly amplified by the gangster in the White House who's killed tens of thousands of Americans. So it'll be very, and making this the worst place in the world. Listen to this guy. So it's the worst place in the world. Trump has killed tens of thousands of Americans because he's a gangster in the White House. And he's the worst criminal in human history, undeniably. There has never been a a figure in political history was so passionately dedicated. This is why people get violent. People who follow nut jobs like this. And something's been on my mind. I've shared it with you months ago. I am deeply concerned about the safety and welfare of the President of the United States. I even said to my wife Julie the other day, when he eventually retires, hopefully in over four years, he can never be safe. Because what the Democrat Party has done, and make no mistake, it's the Democrat Party and their media wing, and now their militia wing. What they have done is turn Trump into Hitler and Stalin and Mao combined, worse than each and every one of them, separately. And so now they have a real hate figure. And when you watch uh, Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, Sakon Vansetti, which one's Saka? Which fans said, who cares? When you watch them and listen to them, which I don't, but we get clips. Or you listen to this moron Don Lemon. Or Fredo Cuomo. Or Jake Tapper who stares there like he's, uh, he's three minutes away from uh, needing a uh, bathroom break. Or Wolf Blitzer if they wake up. Wolf, it's your turn. Oh, oh, hate Trump. Hate Trump. Or look at the reprobates on MSLSD. Andrea Mitchell, Brian. Well, it's a whole... Conga line of buffoons. I worry about his safety. When you have people saying that he's the worst criminal in human history, that he's responsible for thousands of deaths, Biden has said he's responsible for 60,000 deaths. Then you dehumanize the person. And the people who are unhinged, sometimes they'll do something about something like that. They've asked Fauci how many death threats he gets. He has protection. How many death threats do the president get every day? They don't tell you. But it's got to be enormous. Enormous. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Now, we've talked a lot about why the Media Research Center is one of the truly great organizations out there fighting to save our country. 
I wish we had more organizations that fight like the MRC. One of the areas they have really taken a leadership role in is stopping the censorship of conservative voices on these big social media sites. I'm talking about the MRC Tech Watch Department. MRC Tech Watch goes to battle every day against Facebook, Twitter, and Google, and they are really trying to tip this election to Biden. It is grotesque. But here's the truth, folks. There's a movement underway to block our side's access to these channels so they can pick the winners in November. Well, the MRC is fighting back, and they're doing a great job. Learn more at mrclevin.org, m-r-c-l-e-v-i-n.org. The Free Speech Alliance, a group of over 60 organizations, was put together by Brent Bozell and the MRC. They're strength in numbers, right? And that's what it's going to take to stop this effort to silence conservatives online. Go to mrclevin.org to learn more about the MRC and the Free Speech Alliance. That's mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org. Don't forget, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I'll be on Hannity on Fox News Channel for the first time in five weeks, frankly. The Western Journalism site, which is an excellent site, westernjournal.com, westernjournal.com. ESPN's Politics Real Little Awards show Tanks in the Ratings by Jonathan Jones. The ratings for the 2020 ESPYs, I didn't even know they were on. Did you, Mr. Producer? Well, they're in, and they're woeful, especially considering sports fans have been starved for content for more than three months, they write. This year's ESPN Awards show centered mostly on social issues, not sports, and could signal what fans can expect when the major sports return after being sidelined by the coronavirus pandemic. My advice to you is don't watch them. Kill your sports special package on cable. Uh, Watch collegiate sports, unless that gets soured. Or watch high school sports. Or watch sports where the people are relatively patriotic, like the MMA or boxing. And there's a lot of other opportunities out there. Let football die on the vine. Let the NBA die on the vine. They want to be social warriors? Really socialist warriors? Go ahead. I'm not buying your hot dogs. I'm not buying your sodas, your popcorn, your peanuts, your beer. I'm not buying your tickets. And I'm not giving you money through cable. Done. You're going to call people names like systemically racist, people you don't even know, when you, in fact, may be systemically racist, your whole damn league might be systemically racist? Stick it. Stick it. I want nothing to do with you. Nothing. I pulled my Eagle sticker off my car that's been there three or four years and threw it in the trash can. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, Nancy Pelosi, who still will not condemn her own father, she needs to go to a re-education camp. You know, you got to out your own family members. That's coming, I'm sure, at some point. Her father, who was the mayor of Baltimore, who lauded two Confederates, two big-time generals, and ensured that their statue was prominently shown in the city of Baltimore. But he lauded the generals. Nancy Pelosi is going around the Capitol building, as I said before, the Wicked Witch of the West on her broom, going from place to place, that goes, that goes, that guy was a Confederate, that guy was a Confederate. The idiot doesn't even realize that every time she wins an election, she's sworn in holding a Bible, and she swears to uphold what, Mr. Producer? The Constitution of the United States, right? Well, who the hell does she think wrote the Constitution of the United States? The framers. Who the hell does she think ratified it? The ratifiers. And guess what? Some of them came from slave states. Some of them owned slaves. Not all of them, of course. But there she is. Nancy Pelosi. Daddy's little girl. I'm sure he'd be very proud of her. Nancy Pelosi, we've paid it twice. Eulogized Robert Byrd on the floor of the House of Representatives when she was Speaker. Never once brought up the fact that he was the Grand Kleagel of the Klan in West Virginia. There was no Klan in West Virginia, so Robert Byrd wanted to build one. He wanted to organize one. And of course, Joe Biden. I wonder if the college-educated women in the suburbs, white women, I wonder if they're aware that Joe Biden eulogized Robert Byrd. Man, you don't understand. It's uh, Trump's tweets. Uh, over the top. Okay. And Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama. Same thing. But the Praetorian Guard. You know, our media is worse than the Russian media. At least the Russian media tells you. You know, they support their country. They support their dictator. And that's the lens through which they report. And that's the lens through which you read and watch. Not ours. They pretend to be a free press. And they wrap themselves in the First Amendment. And they're real watchdogs. I'll tell you what. They're not watchdogs. They're lapdogs. And everybody knows it. They are despised. And they deserve to be. So now Nancy Pelosi blames the Republicans for murdering George Floyd. The Republicans... Isn't Minneapolis Democrat? Isn't Minnesota Democrat? Are the Republicans in Minneapolis? I don't know of any. Maybe there are a few. Cut 10. Go. In other words, for something to happen, they're going to have to face the realities of police brutality, the realities of the need for justice. You know, I, I said a few weeks ago, and let me repeat this. I really think the Capitol Police Force should walk off the job, or they should be disbanded. I, I think the Democrats have a responsibility to lead by example. And because she talks in these broadsides or does these broadsides with these shibboleths, realities of police brutality, I think they ought to start on Capitol Hill and disband the Capitol Hill police or have them leave. 
and come up with a community model of policing on Capitol Hill. Maybe one day it's the Republicans who protect the Democrats, and the other day it's the Democrats who protect the Republicans. Sure. We can have law enforcement caucasses. You know, they have all kinds of caucasses up there. We can have that. We can have the congressional brigades. Oh, that would be cool. Go ahead. And the recognition that there are many, many good people in in, um, law enforcement, but not all, and that we have to address So we have to strip them of qualified immunity so they and their families are financially destroyed, the police departments are financially destroyed, and voila, we've disbanded our police departments. Now, with all due respect to my wonderful listeners in KSFO land, why the hell should we follow what San Francisco does? Or any of these other cities that allow people to defecate on the streets, live on the streets. I mean, this is decadence, the worst kind. Why would we want to degrade the civil society? And yet, this is what Biden will do with his uh, Bernie Sanders think tank. They want to impose all the worst elements of society on the entire country. It's not good enough that they control the big cities. They want to control us too. You got that? College graduated women, white women in the suburbs. But Trump's tweets, of course. Go ahead. Concerned. Uh, so when they admit that. Ah, shut up, you idiot. She's feeble, too. What is it? What is it with the Democrats? Everybody's feeble. That's what they're doing. They wind them up and push them out and hope they don't screw up. Biden's feeble. She's feeble. It's unbelievable. Let's go to cut 11. When you were speaking yesterday, you said that Republicans are, quote, trying to get away with murder, actually, the murder of George Floyd. Senate Republicans are demanding an apology for that statement. Will you apologize? Absolutely. Positively not. Oh, what a tough guy. I mean, gal. Oh. Absolutely possible. My dentures are slipping. My, my, my forehead is slipping off my face. What's going on here? This coronavirus. I can't see my guy. I can't get my... I need some stitch work. I need all... I, I need some glue, tape, bowtie, whatever it takes. Got to put me back together again. Mark, you're so mean. Why? I'm not burning anything. I'm not looting. I'm not calling anybody Hitler or Eva Braun. I haven't done any of that. Certainly not on the microphone. Anyway, then we have a lady, and I hope I pronounce this correctly. If not, no offense. Pramilia Jayapal. Now, I never heard of Pramilia Jayapal till a few years ago. Turns out Pramilia Jayapal is another crackpot, hard left-wing kook, which is forming really the majority of the Democrat Party, certainly at the national level. And she is questioned by Camerata of CNN. Cut 12, go. Congresswoman, how are Republicans trying to get away with murder? I mean, even some of the media go, uh, Nancy is a couple of fries short, a couple of fries short of a uh, Happy Meal. Go ahead. Well, I think, you know, if Republicans are going to insist on half measures on things like studies about chokeholds, that is absolutely letting people get away with murder. Oh, you're so clever. You're so clever. 
And you know, it's interesting, in the case of George Floyd, he wasn't killed by a chokehold. He was killed by a knee on his neck. I don't have any major police department that allows chokeholds, unless the cop is in a, in a deadly situation. I don't have any. I know the NYPD doesn't. But that's not the issue here. Since so few people are actually killed by cops, and statistically, almost no people are killed by, un, uh, by cops who are unarmed. I'm watching our cities burn. I'm watching people, mobs, pull down statues. I'm watching them attack a gay Democrat state senator in Madison, Wisconsin, who's simply out taking a picture in front of the Capitol building, which they were trying to, uh, to break into. I'm watching them uh, uh, deface churches. Uh, people aren't talking about the Ronald Reagan building in, in uh, Washington, D.C., which is a, a sort of an adjunct building to the building in uh, the library in California. It is being desecrated every single night. There's all kinds of stuff going on out that that's not being accurately reported or not being reported at all. At all. And we have to talk about police reform. Other than the president's executive order, I'm done with police reform. Did you hear me? Done, done, done. We're losing our cops. They're resigning. They're retiring. Nobody wants to be a cop anymore. This is, again, the Bernie Sanders Marxist wing of the Democrat Party, which is becoming more than a wing. It's becoming the fuselage of the Democrat Party. Enough already with the reforms. You want reform? Then break up the teachers' unions. You want reform? Then break up the colleges and universities and the monopoly of ideology. You want reform? Then tell these athletes to go to hell. They can become millionaires and billionaires on their own without us. You want reform? Tell Hollywood to screw off. There's all kinds of ways we can get reform around here. Real reform. Now, Chuck Schumer is on the floor of the House. Chuck Schumer fears a challenge in the not-too-distant future for his Senate seat, Mr. Producer. Did you know this? By AAH, AOC. AOC has her eyes on the Senate because she has a love-on for Bernie Sanders, I believe. Ideologically. Ideologically. And uh, so Schumer's worried. So Schumer's running scared. He'll do any. The other day he sold out the state of Israel. In addition to selling out our country. He led a filibuster of the Tim Scott bill. Police reform bill. Which I do not support. And which Mr. Scott won't come on here and explain. But he will go on. What was that show? Comedy Central? Oh yeah, that's, that's wise. Well, Mark, we have to reach out to everybody. You know, that, that's fine. So Chuck Schumer's on the floor of the Senate today, and he's mixing up George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Now, why would he mix up George Floyd and Breonna Taylor? Isn't that like an old stereotype? Cut 13, go. Who do you believe when it comes to civil rights and police accountability? Mitch McConnell or the lawyer for the families? of Floyd Taylor 
uh, George Taylor, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor. You idiot. You moron. That cornrow that you had drilled into your forehead, obviously some of the tissue leaked out. What was left anyway. Left of your brain. Who uh, who are you going to trust? Mitch McConnell? Or the families of Floyd Taylor? I mean George Taylor. I mean George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Oh, okay. Thank you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. XM Satellite, Jess in Denver, Colorado. Go! Go, Jess, go! Hey, Mark. I just wanted to say, um, I think I remember the Project Veritas video where someone from the Bernie campaign talked about the Bernie Bros burning down um, the convention. So do you think that they're at a point where they would uh, try to bring Bernie into all that crowd and, and remove Biden as a nominee? No. Why, why do they care? As long as they get their policies advanced, and Biden is, he's a vessel. He really is. He's, uh, he's, he's not cogent, and they are surrounding him with radicals. I mean, keep in mind, AOC is like in charge of part of his economic and environmental plans, and, uh, and this is what you're going to see. So Biden just wants to be president. That's all. And his wife wants to be first lady. Biden's always wanted to be president. This is his third or fourth run. Sort of the Harold Stassen of, uh, of, of Democrats. You can look that up if you don't know who that is. But Harold Stassen used to always run for president. But he has a shot at it this time for a number of reasons. Number one, bad luck for the president with the coronavirus and these riots and so forth, uh, which tanked the economy, even though the economy is coming back. Number two, the media have never been this hostile to any other human being on the face of the earth. And they sing in one voice, and they are aggressive, and they are abusive. And that propaganda is seen by a lot of people. Number three, our colleges and universities are worse off now than they ever have been in terms of being indoctrination mills. The old Soviet Union might be gone, but it lives on our college campuses, and I'm not kidding. I've talked about unfreedom of the press. We do not have academic freedom. We have ideological classrooms. And it almost doesn't matter what the area is, medicine, law, undergraduate, whatever it is. It is constant. You have intimidation. You have threatening. You have bullying. And so you can't even hold a different position. And look at the culture. Uh, the NBA uh, now is a wing of the Black Lives Matter. So is the NFL. Um, 
And if you dare to say, no, I'm not taking a knee when the anthem is played, or I don't think you should pull down that Lincoln statue that was uh, paid for and built uh, at the request of, uh, of emancipated slaves and, and, uh, and so forth and so on, it doesn't matter. It's worse now than it's ever been. This is a real revolution. Uh, a revolution of, of, of a Marxist sort of weather under, underground kind because the Democrat Party is embracing this. The Democrat Party will not condemn it. These, these Democrat cities, they will not put it down. People say they're weak, the president. It's not that they're weak. It's that they don't really disagree. So my right, my, yep, go ahead. They were, I think, I, my take is I think they were either going to burn it down before the election or right after. So this was coming. This was planned. All right. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Robert, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, I know you were just talking before about the qualified immunity, but mm-hmm. I don't know if Pelosi would... Was she including herself? I mean, so if the police have to give it up, shouldn't... Well, two things ought to happen, and I agree with you 100%. Number one, um, she should voluntarily say, even though there is a clause in the speech and debate clause in the Constitution gives me immunity when I'm doing my official business in the Capitol and so forth, I will waive it, personally. And number two, they should waive the uh, New York versus Sullivan decision, a disastrous decision in the 60s, which makes it nearly impossible to sue uh, public figures. Or, excuse me, for public figures to sue. Well, no, then, then that's fine. Yes, you could sue her under that. Yeah, anyway, yeah, thank you, sir. Yep. No, I like your idea. There he goes. Let's continue. Tony, Palo Alto, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark, it's Tony from San Francisco. Congratulations. <laughs> Not really, is it? Um, I was just telling the call screener that after you told you know you were telling us that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, and I started doing more investigating. I came up with this um, professor of economics, Richard Wolff. Mm, that's he right. Tells, Go ahead. Yeah, he tells me that he gives three talks a month, and everybody's so interested in Marxism now, and he's hired mm-hmm. by Google. And my thought was, why does Google want him speaking to their employees? I don't get mm-hmm. that. Because Do you remember, uh, I don't know if it was Lenin, I think it was Lenin, may have been Khrushchev, who knows, who talked about uh, they'll sell the rope to the capitalists with which they will hang themselves. Ah. The corporations want the course of least resistance, and they know people like Tony and Mark and so forth. What are we going to do? Burn their store down? What are we going to do? Organize a protest, a boycott? But they know that the left is crazy, and they'll do exactly those things. So they appease. But what they don't understand is, in the end, they're destroying themselves. They're destroying themselves. But thank you for your call, Tony. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Can't got your tongue? Cough up a furball and call 877-381-3811 right now for Mike Levin. Wow. You know, the Drudge Report is like Media Matters, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed this? Any attack on the president is linked, usually in red, just to make sure you can see it. Even more, it's become anti-American, every attack on the country. So he promotes Antifa, he promotes Black Lives Matter, and the hysteria over the virus. USA, most cases in a day, California jumped 70% an hour, surge among young, Secret Service quarantine after rally. There's no information here that is of any use whatsoever. The discussion about the virus, how you get it, and the various aspects of it, they're not covered here. He seems obsessed with Ron Jeremy. What's it? Ron Jeremy, some porno guy. Porn star who exposed Ron Jeremy abuse claims has spoken to 50 other victims. Wow. It's unbelievable. Let's see, uh, anything else interesting here? Not really. So, I used to have this bookmarked. Now I don't. There's a number of wonderful sites out there for news. The Blaze has a wonderful site. The Bongino Report is really good. We got rid of CNN off my site. I think we have the Bongino Report now. I'm not sure. If we are, it's this week. You've got Right Scoop. You've got Legal Insurrection, Breitbart, of course, um, Instapundent, really, really good. Lucianne does a tremendous job. There are a lot of people who believe in this country, who want to save this country, who fight off the hard left, who work very hard each and every day to put up reputable websites and aggregate news and information. And they're really terrific. And I'm sure I've left some out, and I apologize for that. But then you have the reprobates. Mediaite, Media Matters, the Drudge Report's gone. It's okay. You just got to know where you want to get your information from, where you want to get your news from. Now, I have the guts to call out Drudge. Used to be a buddy of mine. But if you're going to try and undermine the country and if you're going to join the side of the crazies, I have no interest in you. 
It's like the Lincoln Project. Those are nuts. Our Ann Coulter. Who cares? And they're all friends, by the way. Did you know that? They're all friends. That slob George Conway. Oh, yeah. It's a small circle of jerks, if you understand what I mean, Mr. Producer. They really are. And if Trump loses and Biden wins, in part, we're going to know who contributed to that. Not totally, but who contributed to that. Then you have websites that are kind of schizophrenic. Our friends at National Review. Again, that's not an attack. I'm just, I'm just truth the power. And by the way, this is why I'm hated. Oh, trust me on this. This is why I'm hated. Doesn't matter. Leonard Spring, Texas, the great WBAP. How are you, sir? Great, sir. Go right ahead, my friend. Great, sir. Just lower the radio. Great, sir. How you doing? Yeah, lower the radio and and speak right into the phone. Oh, how is this, Mark? Very good. Thank you, Leonard. Great, great speaking to you, sir. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yes, yes, sir. So, so I'm uh, speaking to you from the, uh, the underground. Yes, sir. The underground railroad, because uh, as an ex-Democrat, you're always on the run. Isn't that so, amazing? So I vote. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. I get pushed back. So I voted for President Trump last the election mm-hmm. because uh, our President Obama, well, as far as I was concerned, he was a hypocrite because he told us that he he was a community organizer. You're an African American. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. He he told us he was a uh, community organizer, and as we could see, Chicago. That was after I voted for him. Mm-hmm. You know, eight years. He's eight years. Mm-hmm. That's when everything hit me. So so Chicago was blowing up. He wasn't saying anything. Okay, but the immigrants were coming over the border. We had uh, have all of these uh, so-called community, you know, organizers. Uh, organizers. Yes. Mm-hmm. We need jobs. We need jobs. So common sense told mm-hmm. me, we have jobs. Why are these people dying to get here? Why are they dying to get here? Mm-hmm. So, so that was my my. And you and you know what else, Leonard? Who is it that wants open borders, so the whole world can come in here and put people out of work? Well, that's when I push back on these uh, so-called radio stations. That, you know, in the city. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't want. To, I don't want to work those jobs. I don't want to work those jobs. So I push back. So you would rather see these young men go to jail than work on the road, than work in a restaurant. So, so it, it was just common sense. Things mm-hmm. that we did to make progress in America, it's not being done anymore. We telling our kids, young inner city kids, you can't. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You, 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 you go to these schools. As a substitute teacher, kids in certain schools, they don't have to stand up for the flag. Mm-hmm. They don't not have to stand up for the flag in, in schools. And another thing I want to, and then we can wrap it up. Yes, sir. This is what gets me. These so-called, what they call privilege, mm-hmm. privileged white guys. Okay, so I'm 70 years old. I remember World War II. I remember Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, watching the movies. I remember 
Omaha Beach. Who stormed those beaches? Those were privileged guys, young guys, privileged to give their life up, sir. And then I get pushed back. Well, when we came back from the war, we, could, we didn't have our rights. Okay, so I pushed back. Did we defeat Hitler? What would happen to black America if Hitler and Tojo had control of the world? Hmm. Will we be in the ovens? Or will we be sitting on the council with one of the councils on the side of Hitler or Tojo? I think we would have been in the ovens. So I'm saying we, every step of the way from the Civil War, for every war we fought, that gave us extra time to fight for our rights. And you know what? Let, let me just say this, Leonard, because you're, you're such a uh, breath of fresh air. Not because of your race, just because you're a breath of fresh air. Let me say this to you. If we keep refighting the Civil War and slavery, people are going to get nowhere. 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 And that's why the revolutionaries use this. And I would argue are using young black people now. You see, when you look at these videos, I don't know if you've seen them, Leonard, in Washington, like last night, where these people have gone up in the face of the cops, particularly this African-American, this white guy, is calling me a POS, and a P over and over and over again. This isn't about slavery. This isn't about racism. This is about Marxism. This is about overthrowing the country, uh, pulling down statues, pulling down statues of union, uh, people who supported the union of a Union General by the name of Ulysses S. Grant, pulling down the statues of abolitionists, pulling down the statue of, uh, of, of, of uh, black soldiers who fought on the Union side in Boston, pulling, trying to pull down a statue in Washington, D.C. that was funded and designed by emancipated slaves. I mean, th- this isn't about racism. Some people want it to be. This is about much more than that. Yeah, so so I take on the 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 the, 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 the cover. I take this. I wear this with a badge of honor. This Uncle mm-hmm. Tom that they, they label me. I wear this with a badge of badge of honor because I know that this person is fighting to be America. He's fighting for America. He's fighting to be inclusive. He's fighting fighting to be inclusive, and that was one of the things. Once I I escaped from the Democratic plantation, that's when I. Or told me, it came to me, sir. It just came to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. How did we get here? Are, are we being told the truth about the real slavery? What, when, when will Spike Lee go to Africa and make movies about the real slavery? Sir, we were round, round up by Africans and held in pens waiting on ships. That came to me. I didn't read this in no book. I'm like, how did we, we all get here on all these different continents? This, this was too easy. America did not invade Africa. All you had to need was a record old ship, seven men or whatever, pull over there, and these African kings had slaves waiting, sir. This, I knew, the boats are burned, sir. All these guys with, with these, these Democrats with the African shawls, it's such a disgrace. I don't want to see no African shawls. I want to see American flags. You know, and God bless you, it's like me, a Russian ancestry. I have no attachment to that country or those people whatsoever. I'm an American. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of your race, your ethnicity, your religion. Of course you should. But be proud of your country. You're an American. We're all Americans. When we go to war and you're in a foxhole, black, white, yellow, brown, you're Americans. 
you're not fighting as black, white, yellow, brown. You're fighting for the flag. You're fighting for the national anthem. You're fighting for our principles. And that's why this is a cancer now. It is a poison that is, seeks to seep through society. And I want to thank you very much, Leonard, and God bless you, my friend. Stay out there and keep adding. Call us again, okay? All right. Sarah, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. I just want to say I just got back from a jog. If I wasn't so sore, I'd bow down to you. Anyway, oh, jeez. Thank you. Um, but anyway, let me, let me just ask you a, a hypothetical. I, I think it's hypothetical. First of all, number one, do you think that Biden and Trump will ever actually debate? Number two, if Biden hires you, is there anything you could say if Trump specifically asked him, what about the lies, what about the, you know, what Barr came up with in the meetings? And Wait a minute, if who hires me? If Biden, I know, it's hypothetical. Is there anything Biden can say if Trump Yes, say? he can say... I, uh, I do not accept this nomination. I'm not mentally fit for this office. That's what he can say. But he won't. But, you, but he, he's just going to say, if Trump says to you, well, what about this information came out in the bar report? Uh, you were at this meeting. You knew about mm-hmm. it. He's just going to sit there and say, you know, um, what? What can he say? Here's what I would say. You used to work with segregationists. If I'm Trump, I never worked with segregationists. You've taken both sides of the racial busing issue. Used to be against it. Now you're for it, I think. You've taken both sides of the 1994 Criminal Act, excuse me, Criminal Reform Act, uh, which, uh, which had very strong sentencing provisions in it. Now you say you're against it. Uh, I would say, which Joe Biden is telling the truth? In other words, which one's the liar? Are you a liar today or were you a liar before? That's what I would say. I build the case against Joe Biden. Fabulous, and then you could confuse him so much he wouldn't know what to say. So that's that's. Uh... And if he ever brought up women to Trump, I'd clobber him. I'd say, "Well, we know about Tara Reid, and you and your handlers suffocated her." Isn't it interesting? We don't hear about Tara Reid anymore, Sarah. Oh, it's 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 unbelievable. Well, women. I mean, we don't hear the about Me Too women. movement. <laughs> no, it's 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 they're 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 passe. We've moved on. All right. Now, you say you were jogging. <clears throat> Are you a marathon runner? No. You know, I, I, I can't. My wife I, is. I, oh, well, I'm sorry. Well, then I, I bow down to her because I've never done a marathon. I She'll draw. Sh- it'll be a morning, and uh, I'll, I'll be working. Maybe it's like every other day. And she'll come back and say, how far did you run? Well, nine miles, seven miles, eight miles, you know, not that much. I'm going, holy mackerel, I don't think I'm going to drive nine miles all day. All right, Sarah. You sound like a lovely lady. You take care of yourself in San Francisco, okay? Uh, Yes, I will. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Don't forget, I'll be on Hannity in 45 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, yes. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, 
disasters like Medicare for All and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Providence, Rhode Island, the great WPRV. Go! Hello, Mara. Hi. Yellow, 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 yellow. Going once, going twice. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this um, this is Mara from Rhode Island. Uh, oh, Mara, I'm sorry. sorry. Go right ahead. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I'm, I'm just wanted to say really quickly, I'm from General Flynn's home state of Rhode Island, and on behalf yeah. of myself and other people in the state, we just want to thank you and just let my Flynn know that we, we are so glad for to see that he finally got the justice he deserved. Our, our congressional delegation is really terrible in the way they were really embarrassed, by the way. Your congressional delegation, what is it, two members plus the senators? Four. It's Sheldon Whitehouse, Jack Reed, David Cicilline, and Jim Langeman. Not They wouldn't... Boy, that, that, the, what's that guy's name, Cicilline, you said? Yeah, Tweedalini. Oh, yeah, David Cicilline, we call him Tweedalini. He's a real throwback. <laughs> and this guy, Whitehouse? Yeah. You know, Who slobbers, the, uh, the spittle is all over the place. Uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near him with the train of virus, I can tell you this. He needs, like, triple masks. In fact, they ought to give him a Jimmy Carter mask to wear. Yeah, he's pretty terrible. He's cr- probably looking for a copy of your high school yearbook as we speak. That's his whole thing. Well, he's welcome to it. I look pretty damn handsome if I say so myself. All right, Mara, thank you for your call, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. All you folks out there who are protecting us, protecting our institutions, you got millions and millions of us who stand with you. God bless you. And I'll see you on Hannity in 30 minutes. Take care, my friend. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.